2: Father, today we thank you that just as Jesus came to earth to liberate humans from the law of sin and death and sickness and disease, I thank you that many men and women have bravely gone before us to preserve the freedom that we live in today. So Father, we're grateful to you for this great nation of Canada that we live in and that we have the opportunity to lift up holy hands to you freely because of the sacrifice of many who have gone before. And we remember them this day. And we thank you for your grace and mercy on our lives and the lives of the families of those that are serving our country this day. In Jesus' name. In the book of Genesis, chapter 50, around verse 14, after burying Jacob, Joseph, "'returned to Egypt with his brothers "'and all who had accompanied him in his, to his father's burial. "'But now that their father was dead, "'Joseph's brothers became fearful. "'Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back "'for all the wrong we did to him,' they said. "'So they sent this message to Joseph. "'Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, "'Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, "'for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God, your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we're your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position, So I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. And Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim. And he lived to see the birth of his children of Manasseh's son, Macker, who he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110, the Egyptians embalmed him, and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Joseph had some foresight that his people were going to return to their land of origin. And we as humans today, I think we need to have some foresight that one day we're going to leave this earth suit behind and we're going to go to the place where eternity is lived. And we're either going to spend eternity with Christ or we're going to spend eternity away from him. But the people who are wise in this life, they choose to surrender their life to Christ. They repent of their sin. They give their life to God. God. They start living the Christian life and taking on the nature and the character of Christ. In that process, they leave behind the sin of their past, the guilt of their past, the shame that binds them and keeps them in bondage. And God is calling men and women everywhere to repent of their sin and give their life to him. And when you repent of your sin, you turn around and you start walking in a different direction. And in repentance, that's when we receive forgiveness. And when you've received forgiveness, you also gain eternal life with Jesus. It's a good deal. After we give our life to Christ, Jesus commands us to be baptized in water. So first there's repentance, then we do water baptism. And water baptism has this thing, it's significant because just like Jesus was murdered on the cross, He went into the grave for three days, and then he rose from the dead and ascended to heaven. We take our past life and we lay it in the water, just like Jesus went into the ground. And then we come up to a new life with Christ, where we will eventually live with him forever. It's symbolic. We leave the condemnation of the past in the water, in the tank. And some people, they stay in guilt and condemnation as Christians because they've never been obedient to God and been baptized in water. But he says to leave your guilt and shame in the tank. And we take on the Christian label we identify as a Christian. And we make a public statement that we want to live the Christian life. See, we live Christianity out loud. Did everyone hear me say that? We don't live Christianity quietly in the corner. We live Christianity out loud. Because that's what God has called us to do. And that's what he's calling you to do. So I don't know if any of you had a chance to be here with us on Friday night while we had a a conversation about the good, bad, and the ugly with marijuana use. Uh, Dr. Mungle did a great job of explaining that to our young people. And then we had some training that we did on Saturday morning, and then last night we had our marriage event. It was a great blessing to the marriages of the house. We have a special guest here with us today that I would like to call up to our platform, and I'd like to start by calling up Kathleen Mungle my friend
1: hallelujah it's good to be in the god's house today with all of you we've had such a warm welcome all this weekend we got to meet with some of you on friday and saturday and now is the finale we've just really been enjoying our time with you for those who do not, those of you that do not know who we are uh, my husband and i have been married 29 years uh, we have seven children we have uh, six daughters and one son. Wow, Jesus bless that uh, Now we have two more sons because two are married, and when they get married, they become our sons as well. So now we have three sons, and we have one granddaughter. So we are truly blessed and have enjoyed our journey. And um, we also have some different resources for you. We, uh, my husband has written books on... Uh, mental health, but also on relationships. We have a wonderful one called Cognizant, talking about the four different quadrants of relationship. Then we have this unique one called In Love, how to have your children fall in love with you. A great resource for uh, developing relationships in your, in your family. And we have many more. You can come look at it in the back there after service. But I just want to introduce my husband. He's an amazing man of God. Uh, so much passion he's working on his second doctorate. I don't know where he has the time. I could not do all that he could do and uh, We have a clinic Where he works with people individually helping them change lives. I'm so proud of him Come up, honey <laughs> He's a pretty
2: amazing man. Let's give him a warm Windsor welcome
0: Amen. Thank you,
2: Dr. Mongol.
0: Well, thank you very much, everyone. It's really a joy to be here. It's always a joy to be in the house of the Lord, regardless of what country we go to around the world. Um, I just love uh, the people of God and what God is doing around the world. You know, uh, wherever we go, the most important thing to me is people. It's not about anything else. Yes, some of them think I like shopping a lot. Shopping is good for the, it's good therapy for me, right? (laughs) But um, people are the most important part of God's creation. And I think that's why I fall in love with people all the time, uh, because God has a plan, a purpose, and a destiny for every one of our lives. Do you believe that? Amen. And, uh, you know, I I don't believe that. When we're connected together, I don't believe that we're connected by coincidence. I believe that we're connected for a purpose and God put us together so we can start speaking into our lives, in each other's lives. We can start bringing those dreams into reality. Amen. And and sometimes we limit ourselves or sometimes we're lost in in life where we're not sure where we're going. But today I wanna talk to you a little bit about uh, being in the pit and getting into the palace. From the pit mindset, into the palace mindset. The palace mindset to me is an amazing place that God has for every one of our lives. A place where you can live happy and have a lot of peace in your hearts. The world is looking for happiness, amen? But happiness comes from the love of God and I wanna talk to you a little bit about it. Are you ready for the word? Why not tell the person next to you, I'm ready for the word today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Genesis? And we're gonna talk uh, talk, uh, on Genesis chapter 37. And verse 23 and 24, this is a story about Joseph, which we read earlier on today. And the Bible says in in verse 23, Joseph came to his brother, stripped uh, who they stripped him of his robe. And when when I heard the the word stripped, sometimes I feel that our lives are stripped by so many things around us, the things that are very dear to us, could be our husband, our wives, our children, could be our job, sometimes we go through so much financial difficulties, sometimes some of us here may have a report from the doctor, and it feels like we're being stripped from who we are, but my friends, God has a better plan for our lives, and I want to talk to you a little bit about it. In verse 24, it says, they took him and threw him into a cestrin or a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. When I think of God, regardless of our circumstances in life, I believe that God has a bigger plan. You see, one of the things I have understood in my life is that we are the masterpiece of God. Every one of us, God has a blueprint for our lives. He has a plan, He has a purpose, and He has a destiny. And I don't know about you here today, but I don't believe that God has something bad for my life. I believe that God has something good. God has something great for me. I just have to get in line with God. And earlier on, when I told you people get connected together, you know, one of the philosophy I've learned in life is that people are like a guardrail in my life. I'm driving down the highway, and if there is no guardrail, it's very easy to run off the road. And guess what happens when you run off the road? You crash. (laughs) But when there are people in your life who can say, hey, you know, maybe you need to come back on track, it keeps you intact so you can get out of the pit that we are in. Because God has a plan. I I say all the time, God is my GPS. Even if I mess up in life, God doesn't scream and yell at me. He says, turn around when possible and make a legal (laughs) U-turn. I love it. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you for everyone in this place. I just pray your blessing be upon them. I pray, God, that you will help them to understand what you're trying to say to their lives. That they'll be able to take your word and, Father, use it to get out of the pit mentality. To get out of their circumstances. To get out of that negative thoughts that are ruling their lives, oh God. That they can see the bigger picture that you have ahead for them, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you do have a plan for our lives. And you have called us to be above and not beneath. I pray that your word will just take roots in our hearts. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. I know you don't know a lot about me, but you know, if there is one person that can, I would say should be nominated and given the, the number one uh, prize or award for the world's most happiest person, I would count myself that person. I know what it is to be in the pit, and I know what it is to live like a child of the Most High God. I know what God can do. He can do the impossibles. When people says it may not be possible, God says it is possible. He's the one who has a bigger plan for my life than I can ever think or imagine. Am I in the right church today? You better tell somebody next to you, God has a bigger plan for my life. I want to give you three points to take with you. Number one, you need to learn how to become a pit praiser. What that means is, instead of looking at the circumstances, instead of looking at the negative issues, instead of looking at the doctor's report, and some of you young people, instead of looking at life and thinking, oh my goodness, nobody understands me. This entitled mentality that is coming upon our lives, that we are entitled to things, you know, Sometimes we get so stuck with circumstances right in front of our faces and it blocks us from what God has for us. But I have learned to take my eyes off the circumstances and put my eyes on the Lord because he has a bigger plan for me. And it starts with me getting down on my knees. It starts with me learning how to praise the Lord even when I don't feel like praising him. You know, some of us may be tired here. Some of us may have some reports that we don't like. You may be stuck in some financial situation. Imagine raising seven kids. Do you see any here missing in my head? And it's not a toupee for somebody who said, do you wear a toupee? I don't wear a toupee. It's all real. I remember working for $22,000 a year to raise seven children, and our mortgage was $1,700 a month. How is that possible? Well, you know, one thing I've learned, that God can take a $5 bill, and He can make it into a $50 bill. He can take the newspaper, and He can change it into money if He needs to, because He is God, and He's able to do all things. He said, I will never see the righteous forsaken. I will never see the seeds begging for bread. That means that my kids and and, and my life, God has a plan to take care of me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God has a plan to take care of you? You better tell the person next to you. I don't think they're hearing correctly this morning. I remember there's a story in the book of Matthew chapter 15. And there was this woman, she came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. Please help me a little bit. This woman was a Gentile. And she was a woman. And she was an idol worshiper. And Jesus said nothing. And I thought to myself, why isn't Jesus saying anything? This is kind of crazy. And then the disciples, they were looking at this woman because she was just bugging Jesus. And they wanted to push her away. And Jesus said to her, he did not come to help the Gentiles. He came to help the Jews. He has a purpose. He has a plan that God has sent him on this earth. And as I can just picture about Jesus turning his back to walk. The woman says, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Guess what she did? She started to worship Jesus. And when we start worshiping God in our pit, when we start worshiping God in our circumstances, it gets the attention of God, and God's presence comes down. And my friends, when God's presence is around you, it changes your whole mindset. It changes his negative circumstances to be something positive. Better. Do you believe that down on this side? Yeah. Do you believe that God has something better for your life? Yeah. Do you believe God has something better for your life? Yeah. Amen. What about you on this side? Yeah. Hallelujah. God has something better for all of us. You know, it's the devil that comes and tells us we're no good. It's the devil that comes and tells us we're never going to make it. That we are losers. Why even try? We, we, sometimes we get so tired, we stop trying and we give up. But you know what I've learned? I have learned that my obstacles is an opportunity. I have learned that God can take this obstacle that is standing in my way and He can change it to become an opportunity. It shows the areas of weaknesses that I need to grow in when when obstacles come in my way, so I appreciate it. I learned to praise the Lord. You know, married for 29 years is not an easy thing. I hope you understand. People who are getting married, you're getting yourself into the most amazing part of your life, but it's not going to come sweet. There will be some ups and downs. Imagine marrying a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, two different cultures, sometimes we speak two different languages even though it's English. She understands certain things. I understand certain things. Merging our cultures together to raise seven children. Amen. But I am proud to tell you the reason I have all the hair in my head today is because we have learned that the problem is not her and me. The problems are in a corner somewhere that God is going to take care of. We love each other and we're going to focus on each other and not the problem. We have learned that we need to quit fighting and start worshiping the Lord. Become a pit praiser, and start praising the Lord in the midst of your circumstances. I have learned that from a very young age. When I start learning that God do have a plan for my life, but some of you, like like myself, I had very poor self-image. I didn't think a lot of myself. You know, when I got married to Kathleen, I thought to myself, what does this woman see in me? I have no money, I have no looks, I wish I was taller, You know, when we lived in the mission field in Croatia, imagine we couldn't even hold hands together. We couldn't. It was during the war. Everybody was, uh, you know, like keeping an eye on us. And sometimes when it's dark, you cannot even see me. Maybe my teeth and my eyes, I don't know. So we had some problems. And if I focus on the problems, we wouldn't be here today. But we have learned to praise God in the midst of our circumstances. We have learned to teach our children to praise the Lord. Even when they go through their struggles and they have body image problems. And they have relationship problems. In fact, you know, if there is ever they decide to connect. And I have a couple single girls in case you want some of the guys here. But there is a process. I will do a psychiatric assessment. I will do... (laughs) I will do a long history. I will take your number plate and your date of birth and I'm going to run you through the police. Make sure you're okay. (laughs) No guy is going to just jump into the family. There is a protocol to follow. (laughs) If you're in church, you better put your hands up and praise the Lord. Otherwise, you're not qualified. (laughs) Rule number one. Number two, we need to learn to condition our minds. Sometimes our minds are so conditioned for negative things, that's all we think about, that's all we can see in front of our faces. That's all that we can work with. But we need to condition our minds to turn it into something positive. How many people who writes on the right hand here? Yeah. If I ask you to write on the left, what will happen? You may have a little bit of a problem. But is it impossible to write with the left hand? No. All we need to do is create new neurons in the brain, teach you how to write with your left hand, and you can write with your left hand. How many people speak a second language? A few of you. It didn't just happen overnight. You had to learn the words, and you had to learn how to speak it. The same thing with learning to speak the language of positivity. You know, this world is full of sin and sin and darkness is all toxic and negative stuff. But when you learn to speak the language of God, where God sees future and God sees purpose and God sees answers to your, to your problems and God has a, a solution waiting for you just to jump into, it changes your whole mindset. We don't want to be conditioned God never says that we are losers, and God never says we would not make it, and God never says you're not going to get promoted to that job position, and God never says that sickness upon you is going to destroy you. It's the enemy that comes in and put those seeds into the mind. We need to change our mind and say what God says. God says when you're sick, you're going to be healed because He's the healer. He said He's our provider, and He will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. Amen. He said He would give you the desires of your heart. He gave me a beautiful woman and seven lovely children and two great son-in-laws. I call it into being. I speak it out. I proclaim it. I need to be able to get it out of my heart out there and let God start working His job. That's how God is. You know, God could have been quiet. He didn't have to say, let there be light, and there was light. He could have just hummed it in his head. But he spoke it out. And sometimes we need to speak it out. Speak out the positive things. See the future that God has for your life. That you will live and you will not die. That you will see your grandkids and your great-grandkids, and they will serve the Lord. Don't look at your circumstances right now. Learn to fight your battles in your car. Learn to get down on your knees in the secret place of the Most High. That's where the battles are won, my friends. It's not won with flesh and blood. You can yell and scream as much as you want with someone. You cannot change a person. I've been trying for years to change Kathleen to look like me. It doesn't work. I even tried painting her my color. It doesn't work. It wash out. I'm just kidding (laughs) we need to learn you know when God created you he created you very perfect how many people are IT people here who can build a computer a few of you okay very good when you put a computer together the goal of the computer is that's going to work really well you have a hardware and you have a software is that correct and so the software is what runs the hardware, something to that effect. I don't know about computers, I'm just telling you something that I've learned. What I've learned is that, you know, a couple of months ago I was working on my computer and this pop-up comes up, and when the pop-up comes up I thought, oh, it looks good, just put okay, only to find out it was a virus. And the virus keeps sending all these pop-up, pop-up, pop-up all over and my son says, Dad, you have a virus in a computer. Well, I tell you the devil put these viruses in our software and it pops up in our minds and we start thinking all these negative thoughts. (laughs) But I've learned something. I've learned there is a a button called delete. (laughs) And you press the delete button and guess what happens? It deletes. It deletes. So when the devil comes with all these negative thoughts to your mind, you need to learn how to delete these negative thoughts. Delete what the words of the devil is saying to you and start programming what God has said to you. Go back to the beginning of time. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. He did not put a negative virus into your life. When the virus comes, it tries to destroy you, but God has a plan. He's going to turn it around for you. Can you tell the person next to you, God is going to turn it around for me? We need to get back where God sees you. He sees you, that he, you are perfect this virus that tries to come and bring toxic into the mind and corrupt our hardware and software, we need to change it. You know, the other thing I've learned is that in the pit, it's a very dark place. It's, it's smelly and stinky. It's dirty. And sometimes, I, I don't know if you have had this experience, but have you spoken to people before and the very words are smelling very bad. Come on, it happens everywhere. When I work with the police, sometimes you get into situations and the public, you know, and, the, and, and people are speaking English, but it does not sound like English. It just smells very bad. Well, I have learned that technique. I have learned as a gardener, I love planting gardens in the summer. It's my way of getting rid of stress. And I have learned that when you take dung and you put it in your plant, you get a very good tomato. Well, we need to learn how to take our dung in life, all the negative things that we have get through life and learn to fertilize our future with it. If we can fertilize our future with the garbage, we can turn the negative into a positive and we can slap the devil right in his face. Because what the devil wants for bad, God can turn it around for good. You see, there is nothing in waste. When the circumstances come and the negativity comes, we can change that. Use it to fertilize the future. Some of you have been through bad relationships. Don't just put it on the shelf. See how you can utilize it and help somebody else who's going through a negative situation. Some of you who may be in the pit with with the financial stresses and someone comes along and teach you how to budget a little bit. And you learn how to get out of the pit. Use that negative circumstances to help maybe some other young couple or somebody else around who is struggling financially. Do you get the picture this morning? Don't put it away. Learn to use it for the better of the good. When you use your negativity and you use the the, the garbage of life, you have to transform your world. People around you is going to wonder, how did this happen to you? Well, you know, there are many times in my life, especially, you know, when you go through struggles, you don't want the day to come. There were times in my life I wish the sun would not rise. I did not want to wake up. It was tough. It was hard. Some of you complain with one child. Imagine seven of them. And then when they start going through, you know, that time of the month. And imagine all your daughters, including your wife. Yeah. It's either you you, you fight the battles or you walk away. I walked away. (laughs) I needed to save my my mental health a little bit. (laughs) I have learned that in this life, it's too precious to be wasting it and thinking negatively and having this bitterness to rise up in our lives. We need to look look at the circumstances like Joseph did. You know, the Bible talk about Joseph. He probably questioned God. He probably said, God, you know, you give me a dream. I talk about this dream, and look where I am right now in this pit. Maybe I heard you wrong, God. But the Bible also went on to say that Joseph was never bitter. He was never rebellious against God. He held on to that dream. And some of us from a very young age, maybe we have had dreams. And you get into relationship and you're getting older and the dreams have been kind of put on the shelf and it's forgotten. We only live one life on this earth. And I believe that God put dreams and desires in our hearts so that we can fulfill it. He can fulfill what he puts inside of us. And those dreams and visions that God has given to you, don't just throw it out the window. Learn to utilize it. Learn to be ac- accomplisher When you look in the mirror, you need to learn how to love who you are. You know, on Friday, I told the young people here, they need to learn how to date themselves. And they were laughing. <laughs> date yourself. Why do you want to date yourself? It's because if you don't love who you are, it's very hard for you to love the people around you. If you, don't, if you, if you not, haven't learned how to be confident in who you are, you become codependent and you expect other people to fulfill your life. It doesn't work like that. See, God has a unique plan and every one of our lives. He has a unique blueprint that he has put together just for you. And when we learn the fact that every one of us, God, is we're not like these houses that you build today. You know, these cookie cutter homes. They'll all look the same, 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 same. Yeah, I, don't want, I want to have a house kind of like so different. I don't like to be the same. Maybe I'm rebellious, I don't know. <laughs> so when I think of God, I say, hey God, you know what? I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I know you have a good plan for my life. I have to tell myself in that mirror that you have a plan for me. There were many times I didn't want to look at myself in the mirror, very insecure, insecure. I did not have a lot of confidence. You know, my self-esteem was very low. I would be a person you would not want to have a conversation with because I would not talk to you. I know it's hard to believe because today I cannot stop talking. My job is talking. (laughs) Cannot believe what God can do when he takes you out of the pit, right? (laughs) But the mind has to be conditioned. When you look at that mirror, you need to fall in love with you. The mind has to change that the bad habits and the negative words that have been spoken into you, you need to start flushing it out. You know, we're talking on Saturday that the mind is like a filing cabinet. And from the time you start understanding right and wrong, these cards comes into your mind. Information, we are like human Google. The moment you say a word, all the words come together. If I say waterfall, you will think of all the waterfalls you can possibly think in your mind. Well, when things are negative that happen to you, maybe some of us have been abused when we were kids. Maybe some of us were told we're never going to make it. Maybe some of us were just pushed in a corner and forgotten. You're never forgotten by God. All those negative information gets stored in the memory of your mind. It corrupts the mind. A virus come about. But I know what the power of God can do. God can change those negative cards and replace it with something positive. God can pull it out of the filing cabinet and he can put something amazing in there. And I'll tell you when you meet people and you start realizing that they're in the same world as you. They're very optimistic about life. They're very happy. They're very peaceful. You know that God is doing a job in their life and they're not giving the room to the devil anymore. They're taking out those nasty cars. They're taking out those corrupted cars in their minds. You understand what I'm saying, my friends? You go to work. Most of us spend most of our time in the job. Well, not most of us work in the church. Not most of us work in a very Christian environment. And you have all this toxic negative negative words going into the mind. Where does it go? Sometimes you wonder why there is so much anger and frustration, and people become very cold is because subconsciously the mind is absorbing all this negative information, but we need to learn how to condition the mind. Condition the mind to become like God. We need to have the mind of Christ, and the mind of Christ is that God loves every one of us. Regardless of who we are, He loves us. Regardless of our circumstances, God loves us. He will turn things around. He will change you. He will take ordinary people like you and I and make us extraordinary people. Because he's a God who loves us more than we can ever think or imagine. When we condition the mind, it changes our attitude. It changes the perspective as to what we see in life. We only live once on this planet. And I don't know about you, but I've, been, you know, I've had several people who have committed suicide in my job place, working in psychiatry. I've seen people hang themselves in my unit. It was not an easy thing to witness. And one of the things I've learned about turning my garbage into something positive is looking at the young people in this generation and letting them know that there is hope for your future. That little problem that you think is so small, so big to you, it's only a minute little thing for God. Sometimes a parent says something to their kids, and the kids think, Oh, my parents hate me, they don't love me. You know, I want to tell you something. Life is bigger than just one little word that is spoken to you. You need to know who you are in God. You need to condition your mind that you are a child of the Most High God. And nobody in the world will love you as more than God loves you. And He will change you. He will He will. Turn your life in such a way that when you look at the mirror, you can say, wow, I am so proud of who I am because of the love of God. When you experience some of the things I've experienced in life, I'm still very (laughs) young-ish. I got married very young. I cannot lie, I'm on the pulpit here. (laughs) My eldest daughter, she's 28. Yes, sometimes I wonder what happened there. 28, I don't feel like even I'm 29. (laughs) But you know, when you learn to change your world, and you learn to take these negative things that are coming to your life, it really transform you. Someday I plan to write a book. I mean, I have like 15, 16 books out there. But I plan to write a book about how my life was really changed. Learning what it is to live in the pit and see in a dark world where I did not want to wake up in the morning to now I cannot wait for the morning to come. I cannot wait to talk to somebody. I cannot wait for the opportunity that God has waiting for me to discover every moment of my life. Changing your circumstances and taking the obstacles that come in your way and look at it as an opportunity for you to move ahead. Point number three. I want to leave with you today that the pit is not long-term. Sometimes we think this place we're in right now, it seems like it's forever. I'm praying and I'm not sure if God is answering me. I'm not seeing anything happening. God, are you out there? Are you out there to to help me in my circumstances right now? My marriage is falling apart. The doctor report says it's terrible. We just had a friend who had a stroke and he's in the hospital. You know, and I I said to myself, and he's saying to me as well, I don't care what the doctor says, I know what God says. God has a plan for me, I will be healed in the name of Jesus. I says, you know, we agree with you, we just came back from a cruise together. I says, I hope it's not the cruise, (laughs) because we need to cruise a lot more. David says in in Psalm chapter 40 and verse 2, it says, David says, God lift. Lifted me out of the pit, and he set my feet upon a rock. See, the the pit is not long term. Even though we feel it's forever, it's not forever. It's only temporarily. And what God has planned for you, he's preparing you for that plan. Those single women and single guys in this place, sometimes you wonder, why am I not in a relationship don't wonder why and stop pushing yourself to find a relationship. Relationship will find you. When you are ready for the right man and you're ready for the right, the right woman, they will come your way. God got you covered. He doesn't plan for you to be single for the rest of your life. You get into relationship, you get married and then a year later, you're in my clinic and you pay big money to see me. That is not God's plan. God's plan is to put you together in a relationship that you can be happy, you can enjoy your life. You know, one of my books I wrote about the four quadrants in relationship. And the last quadrant is companionship. God's plan is that when you get old, that you will sit in the bench hugging each other's arm and watching the sun set. Not on the opposite side of the bench waiting for the sun to set. And now couples come to me and I have to rewire the brain and recondition the mind to get them back together so that I'm hoping when the sun set they will be together. It's a, it's a bit of a tough job, but the pit is not forever. Imagine, forever, imagine this example. You know, you are in, this, in, in a situation and you feel it's like forever, but it's not forever. Sometimes we feel like Psalm 23, we are in the valley of the shadow of death we feel that there is no hope around us but interestingly in the psalm chapter 23 it says though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death you're not there forever your citizenship is not in the pit you don't get too comfortable in the pit it's only temporarily you're going to get out of the pit into the palace where god is preparing for you Sometimes we get so comfortable in our own mindsets, we're stuck where we are. But my friends, I want to tell you today that you need to understand that even if you're in the valley, it's not forever. You're walking through the valley and in this walk in the pit, God says, I will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Isn't that an amazing God? That even though you're stuck right now, God is going to prepare a table ready for you. He's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. He's a God who sees something greater and bigger than we can ever think or imagine. That's why I think he's an amazing God. Do you love the Lord today? Hallelujah. Sometimes we get so comfortable, the mind gets conditioned to settle for second best. The mind gets comfortable to to continue living in a toxic world. The mind gets comfortable, yes, you know, Whatever it's going to be, it's going to be when the time comes my friend, your time is coming sooner than you think. You need to start seeing it start proclaiming it start looking beyond what you see right now. Move it away. You know, if you're going in the road and a big rock stands, uh, fell in front of you, you uh, not front in your car, not on top of your car, your nice car, but it's it's, it's right front of the way. You're not going to park and just wait and wait and wait. You're going to find some solution. You're going to look into the destination that is waiting for you and you're going to take some kind of Detour to get there. You're not going to allow your circumstances to stop you. You're going to move ahead. The pit is not forever. You know, one of the things I've learned, I said it earlier in the, in the early service I'm looking for someone who looks very rich. Yeah. All of you do. You. So let's say this guy here, you know, he says to me, Here's the key to my car. You're supposed to smile at this time. <laughs> And he has a very nice car. He has like a, probably a Benz, like the AGM or AMG or one of those nice car. All right. Or maybe he has a nice BMW, like the 8 Series or the 7 Series or the i8, one of those. Or the Maserati or whatever. But if you do, the windows are tinted. I don't like driving a car where people can see me. (laughs) It makes it easier for them not to see me when the window is tinted, right? So anyways... And he gave it to me and says, here's the keys. I'll say, thank you very much. And I'll drive the car all around. And he says, oh, not to worry about it. You know, the insurance will cover any damages. I will drive the car because I didn't work for the car. I will just drive like a lot of us who rent vehicles. But if he says to me, if you work for this car, if you do so much work, work seven years. Some of the guys, hint, hint. If you want a good woman, work seven years. (laughs) Save up seven years of your salary for the wedding ring. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> treat her very special it takes seven years of commitment you under need to understand yourself before you can understand a woman i can tell you from experience 29 years later still understanding kathleen a little bit but you give me the keys i would not know what it is to really work for it i would not know what it is to really um Really sweat after this because it's given to me. And sometimes when things are given to me, especially in this time and age, we have this entitlement spirit we have. You know, what can God do for me? God already did his very best for you. He gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Amen. And he already have a plan waiting for you to discover. But when we work for what we have, when we really work for it, we learn to appreciate it. And some of us who who have really worked hard in where we are in that pit mindset, and we transform our minds, and we learn how to get out of the circumstances, we will appreciate where we are. There's no day that gone by that I haven't appreciated what God has done for my life and for my family. Taking us from the pit mindset into the palace mindset. Now the palace mindset is not driving a fancy car and having a nice house. All of those things are good. But a a palace mindset to me is living every day in happiness and peace. and, And having your family around you. And being able to not have anything, baggages that are holding you down. When the problem comes your way, put it on the shelf and look at the problem and say... You know, God, can you just help me with this? But I'm not going to allow this to stop me from living my life. Does that make sense to you? Can you stand up with me for a moment? Everyone, I just want to pray with you. I just feel like maybe there will be some of you here who are in the valley or you may feel that like you're in a pit. Mindset right now, you're struggling, wondering, God, you know, can you please help me in my circumstance? Can you please help me in my marriage, my relationship, my finances? Maybe the doctor's report. Whatever negative situation is coming, God, I need your intervention. I need a way out of the situation. My friend, God has a way for you. And the Bible says that when we pray and agree, we can see mountains move. God can take a mountain and put it in a valley. God can lift up the valley. He is God and he is able to do all things, amen? Amen. I just wanna pray with you. If you know someone or you may be struggling yourself, you're more than welcome to just join my prayer and believe God for your miracle. Father, I just thank you for every person here. I thank you, God, for for those that are young and those that are older, those that are struggling, whatever pit that they're in right now father the feelings and and lord the, the, the sadness that is upon their lives i pray it will not destroy the dream that you have for them father i pray that you reach down your hands and you touch them wherever they may be god i pray you peace be upon their hearts father And you strengthen them, Lord, that they can be stronger and know that you have not forsaken them, but you are shaping them and you're molding them for something great waiting ahead for them to discover, Lord. I pray that you'll teach them to use the the circumstance to fertilize their future, Father. I pray that you'll teach them, God, that they can press that delete button and erase all the negative stuff and all the garbage that are coming in, the viruses to corrupt their minds, that they can see that they are fearfully and wonderfully made by you, God. Bless your people this morning. Bless this week that is coming, Father. And give them favor in high places. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you so much today.
2: Got two final thoughts before you run out the door. God bless you all. Have the greatest week of your life. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Have a great day.